0: I was informed by Franz Gallo that I had failed uh, from the A sample, uh, from their readings, I had failed the test uh, for metabolites of cocaine. See the
1: um, the commitment that you make every day. A big warm welcome to the Barstures Inquiry Weekend Podcast, which is Champions Day, which is an absolutely festival of racing, an exciting day's racing indeed. And I've got the best panel with me tonight. Um, it's a, such a shame that um, the, uh, the Peaky Blinder is now three clear in the title race um, uh, in front of uh, Will Buick, who uh, I wanted to win after o- O'Sheen's uh, pub antics last week, but never mind. Uh, we've still got some cracking days racing to come. We've got we've got Palace Pier against Baid and we've got Adear against Mishrif, amongst many other encounters uh with Straddle. So Possibly his last race, maybe in the stairs in the opener. Anyway, I'll introduce my, my panel tonight. I've got John Lang from John Joe's Blogspot. Evening, John. Good evening, man. And Andy Richmond, currently writing for Star Sports with the NFL column, and a very good one it is too. Andy. Welcome Good back. Evening. Good, yes. evening. Yeah. Good yeah. evening, sir. And last but not least, Quentin Franks. Certainly, uh, feedback we've had on Quentin on our show so far has been ultra positive. And I'm sure Quentin is going to enter this nap table this weekend and knock me off top spot, Quentin. <laughs>
0: Afternoon, Lee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well said. Right, so we'll move on to today's fair. Uh, we've got one question, and it came from... Ricky Santini, uh, Leicester fan, big betfair player, massive betfair player. Ricky Santini in the forum days, and um, and he says about the jockey's title, which it was kind of before O'Sheen's kind of sealed it in the last at up. But um, mm. what would you got Would you got Were you guys rooting for Buick or O'Sheen? Uh, I'm a I was a, I was in the
2: Buick camp. Yeah. Yeah, the, str- the one strange thing I did think, but just talking about the betting on the tie, nobody priced up the tie. No, yeah. couldn't find a price for the tie anywhere, and there's only two between them. You're thinking, well,
1: oh, okay, dead eat, rules apply. Well, that's it. They've, yeah, know. they've got you. So they bet into five or six percent, and then the I dead. I was a lot eat.
2: tempted to someone to say, well, can you price up the tie?
1: Um, is Will dead in? Is he dead in the water? Well, he is now. Three back he Has he got four rides somewhere, Quentin? I think for, well, it's four rides. Yeah, I think he's got a ride a four-timer to win or, or treble. I, well, how does it work on countback if they tie? What, in fact, what, what happens if he's... Is it, do they share the title? Do no, we know? I think
0: they sp- split it like they did with uh, Spencer and Sanders, I think. Ah, every, every, right. like, everyone's a winner.
1: Everyone's a... So a treble for Buick could be nice. Can't see him doing the four...
2: But isn't it daft that the title ends tomorrow and the turf season goes on for another three weeks?
1: Yeah, I think so.
2: I I mean, 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 it's like, it's like, I mean, uh, okay. So we've got the golden boot for football. So uh, in February, in February, if uh, if someone won't be Harry Kane, but someone like that is leading, do we just stop there and lead don't worry about the other games?
1: Well, 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 exactly. And then I agree with that because the, if you're going to end it on anything, I know you could say, well, going into November's too long and blah, blah, blah. Right. But there's a group one, um, happening, um, yeah. you, you know, uh, Doncaster, you know, the, 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 the futurity now, yeah. now, now, now for me, it's a group one race. I mean, I mean, these aren't Mickey Mouse races. It's, you, you should be at least finishing probably then rather than, than today I feel, but, that's the that's the decision, John. John, your thoughts on the jockeys' championship? Does it bother you? Are you interested? Do you care? <laughs> <It's off. laughs> I think I know. I think I know the answer.
3: Here. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, both lads have had a good season, haven't they? They're Both clocking twenty-one percent. There's a bloke down there in 46th in the table. He's clocking twenty-two percent. Frankly, Victorian adding him to asleep.
1: Yeah, and I, I saw you you, you commenting on Twitter on that. You know, you believe still at this moment in time that Frankie's probably, you know, pound for pound, the the, the best jockey still riding. Can't really argue with that, um, you know, but there well, we go.
2: It was a, it was the same with the National Hunt title last year, wasn't it? It was patently obvious the best jockey did not win the title.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs>
2: for sure. That's sure. a, no, I mean any anybody watching.
3: I, I never, I never know who cares about this. You know, I mean, every year you have all this shit from about the beginning of September, where journalists just get lazy and start writing about the jockey's title. I've, I've never had anybody call to me in a pub and said, "How oh, do you think it's going to be champion jockey this year?" <laughs> <You know, you, laughs> <laughs> he and say, "What are you doing in here Why don't you piss up?" what <laughs> <No>, they say, <laughs> <can't laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, summed up pretty well for John there Right, okay, we'll move on to uh, Our three very best bets This weekend uh, mm-hmm. Since we've changed the format, which uh, we hope you like And the feedback was good So, um, I'm going to go around the, the panel And find out what their third best bet is uh, Of the weekend It could be at Ascot, it could be anywhere else It's entirely up to the panellists And uh, I'm going to go to Quentin first Quentin, your third best bet
0: um, My... Well, my third best bet comes in the Phillies' novice at Catterick. And I'm going to take a flyer on one here called Forget Me Never. Um, Richard he trains her. She showed not too much on debut, to be honest, over six at Wolverhampton. Uh, slowly away on the back foot, green. But she, she kind of travelled through the middle part of the race like a, a filly with ability. She's uh, related to Accidental Agent. Um this race doesn't look too strong. You've kind of got this comes back to um what John had said the other other week about rating novices and uh maidens. The horse that's been put in favourites is the Charlie Hills one that came from the New Market Maiden. And I just think it's a bad new market maiden, one of them ones that aren't gonna work out. It was poor time, poor rating, and yeah. they didn't look a good bunch on looks at all. Um other horse in this race, you've got Tudor Queen who's got attitude problems, um, head goes up, high head carriage, seven will suit that. Um, but I expect the Farley thing to take a, a decent leap forward. It might find things happening a bit too quick around Caderic, but she's 25 to one. She's been put in with a few firms that are up at the moment, and I think she's worth a play at that price.
1: Lovely. I mean, we love a big price on the bar, and, and And 25 to one, are you going... um each way a pleasure for you for, for a 0.5 points each way. Are are you on the nose? One point all on the nose. All on the on, nose. On the nose. We love that. Nick Davis was the same. Happy hammer. Um and uh, Quentin the same there with on the nose, one point win, forget me never in the one twenty at catrick Twenty fives. Good good start there for the Bar Stewards panel. Uh, Andy, come to your third best bet of Saturday. All
2: right. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna Keep them all at Ascot because I think that even though I'm a twig up, I can't wait for the twig up. The proper twig up in the start. <laughs> it's a um, relatively low grade twig op in tomorrow. Um, apart from there are some reasonable races at Fosse but I'm never convinced about that place. To be honest with you, yeah. the only course I've not been to in the uh, of the uh, fifty, what is it, fifty nine? I think we've got now. Uh, I'm going to go with the old Champions Long Distance Cup. And back to one of my old favourites,
1: Hamish. Ah, you Hamish, you had a was...
2: chance of turning over Truchet and Stradivarius for the shirt.
1: Yes, you were you were very sweet on this um, for for the Ebor. I remember yeah. and, and, and your despair at the shirt um, taking him out on on ground mm-hmm. that would have been probably fine um, for the horse. Um, Were you impressed by the the win at Kempton on reappearing? I was. I was.
2: I did think on that day that Hookum, I wasn't quite sure if he dogged it or not, but then you can't really fault the form since, can you? No. Hookum has absolutely gagged up at um, at Ascot there. And I just think he's been so lightly raced this horse. He's got his ground um, when the, the rain arrived. And if you think back to, what, a couple of years ago, Truchan and Hamish actually clashed in a four-runner conditions race at Newbury. That's and right. Yes. came out on top by just a neck thing. Yes. Um, but I do think Hamish has had a bit of a light season. Now, I know Truchan won well in France last time out, seven and a half length, um, I mean, he won seven and a half length last week, then he won the cadran by four and a half lengths just 13 days ago. But you're never quite sure how, you know, backing up quickly, yeah. Can he do it? Is In that the suit, him? yes. Is this yep. just a bit of a... I'm not convinced he's the, the force <laughs> of this horse. Um, and I, I'm almost tempted to have a little place lay on him. Just because I think Frankie, if he can't win, may well just be uh, looking after the old boy and easing him down a little bit. Um, and I think Hamish, has he got
1: five, six to one? No, he's now nine to two. Yeah, best price. Um, people are squeezing. Him. Yeah. So, and, and, and Andy's third best bet on the card uh, for Saturday is one twenty-five. I've got the stairs, the long distance cup. It's Hamish at nine to two, and Andy's going one point win. I presume Andy yeah. one point one point win. Okay, that's good. Okay, John, I'll come on to your third best bet of of Saturday, please.
3: Um you're praising Quentin for going for a twenty five to one shot. You're gonna be cracking one off, are you? <laughs> yes, he's market raising.
1: Yes, market raising yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> market raising special, yeah. That's right. Um Well, um my third best bet is in the Balmoral handicap is that got mm. And well, I mean I think there's a few factors here. Not such a big failed Sunray made, you won't have the traffic to worry about so much. You're probably the most likely winner. But the one I'm interested in is, oh, this is us at 66 to one. I agreed with the handicapper when this ran at Epsom and I give him 111 stroke 112 for that win. Um, Now he hasn't been suited to a fair few things in races he's contested since then, including a bit of a ponce about on the all weather at Newcastle over six, which is ridiculous. For a horse that only got beat three quarters of a length in a listed race last time, running off 104, no sorry, 107, um, admittedly it wasn't the best listed races, it was at Redca, but it showed signs of a return to his best, I thought, was a muddlingly run run race. It would be much better with a strong pace to run at eight. He's been in the first three in half of his 78 races. tends to go well for a fresh pair of buttons, so I quite like the idea of Russell Ryan's writing him. And uh, I think this can go quite close for Team Wallop.
1: Team Wallop. Oh, yeah, I, I, great name, uh, great ownership name. Um, so, John, six, are you going – don't tell me you're on the nose. No, no. <laughs> are we going po- point 0.5 each way? Yeah. Right, you, you get paid on right, just for settlement purposes, because obviously um, you know, punters are, are doing similar to you. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be quite fair and and pay the first five. Some are doing six places, seven places on the Balmoral, but for Bastur's Nap's table, we're going on the first five. So John there, he's on the first five. points each way on. Oh, this is us for Team Wallop at 66 to one. Just to just to interject
2: there, what I do with a big lot of those big prices, um, and if people can't get on with bookmakers, or you can get a little bit on with bookmakers. Sometimes, sometimes you're better off backing if you want to go for shoot for the moon. Is backing the longer prices on Betfair to your half uh, um, on, on Betfair and using the and using the seven place market as well. Yeah, better off on the exchange sometimes okay you're not getting as much for your place but sometimes it's a bit better getting on the old uh, on the old oh, machine on, on, the, on, on the old big win so yeah using it that way i'm just having a quick look to see what because they've got a seven place they have got a seven place market up
0: and yeah, there's nothing matched nothing up
2: there won't, there won't be anything matched yet but i'm thinking in the wind market i mean you're looking at you know there's a fiver there at 95
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, Andy, Andy's quite right. This could go off their forties, and it could be ninety-five on the machine, or you know, like yeah, I've I've seen it before with some of my bets I've put up before at yeah. big prices. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's worth a look. It's worth a look there, folks. Um, if you fancy playing the bet fair angle, um, but otherwise, John is there half a point each way. Oh, this is us in the Balmoral as his third best bet. Uh, mine, um, I am uh, matching Andy. Uh, with with third best bets and no real reason to go into much other reasoning than what Andy said uh, in terms of Hamish and I'm going obviously a one point win um, uh, in the in the in the in the champion stayers. Um, I was very impressed with the reappearance against Hookham. I I was because I didn't think the race particularly would suit him either. Um, You know, it wasn't, it was a bit tactical and and I I just felt that he he did well to win that. And he was very weak in the betting. So it wasn't expected really as if to say, well, you know, we'll, we'll have a spin up here. And I think this has always been the target. Um, I think it was the Ebor, and then probably this. This is what they probably had in mind, but the shirt took him out of the Ebor. And I think um, Hamish, if you watch the Newbury Conditions race that Andy mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, Hamish had Truchan in a lot of trouble. Um, It was basically in bog-heavy ground, and Trushan just got back up close home, um, in, in true champion style, like True Shan is, but like Andy says, I'm taking the view all meeting. I'm opposing all runners that have ran within the last 14 days, primarily because I, I just feel that we're at this stage of the season where, you know, like you've got Adair later that's been on the go since April, and so on and so on. There's, there's lots of lots of sort of issues here other than form. And I think Hamish is very fresh. And I think he's he's still a little bit of value at nine to two. I'd be a little bit shorter. So Hamish is my third bet. One point win. In the 125 at Ascot. Right. John, I'm gonna come to you for your second best bet of Saturday. Right.
3: Well, this one is also at Ascot, believe it or not. And it's in the champions sprint.
1: Oh, okay. <clears throat>
3: um I think it's the possible sense of champion sprint because there's a lot of bloody good sprinters missing this isn't there Um, and the bet for me is creative force I don't think he's really had things drop his way since the jersey stakes and I think here uh, a stiff six with making a nice print and the fact that the Appleby horses seem to be maintaining their farm exceptionally well right through the season. Um, I think this horse does have, have a decent performance in it in a race of this ilk. I don't think we're saying the best of it yet and I think it's pretty solid each way material here at the price.
1: So, so John you will be going uh, one, one point each way? Yeah. Uh, eight to one creative I force.
3: I I can't say three hours
1: is beaten this. Yeah. Um I'm just gonna check the each way terms for obviously settlement purposes. Um you I'm going to give you one fifth the odds uh, first five, because that's the general consensus. Wow. So yes, so basically, um but you don't get eight to one, it's it's been cut fifteen to two, one fifth the odds first five. That's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so that's a good bet, very good bet. So, John is creative force in the two o'clock Ascot, the Champion Sprint, uh, one point each way. Uh, Andy, I'll come to you. Because... Right, this
2: is going to be like a, a shirt fest. This because I'm going to go how moral handicap. I'm going up against John twice here, so I'm not sure if I'm turning the chances a lot, but. Um... I'm not convinced about the draw for the favourite Sunray major in this. I'm convinced he's a good horse, but 11-4, he's got a a penalty coming up in grade. He did win well last time out, but he's coming up in grade. I don't like the draw. If you look at the draw over the years in this, um, the first five winners were actually drawn no higher than stall 10.
1: Yes uh, you and the low
2: numbers again last season um were drawn four, seven, two, ten, and five. and yep. if you are doing any draw analysis, um please like not like some of the form uh, and you know, the two main form places, it drives me mad this the racing post and time form, please take the non you know they should re they should be adjusting for non-runners, and there are three in this already because the three reserves have come out. It drives me nuts when they don't put it in the results, but that's just me. Um, but to get back to Aldari, um, which is going to be the selection, I just I think he's had a really good seat. I think this horse has been really unlucky, and I didn't back him last time because I thought he got done by the draw last time at Ascot when he was over the far side. Um, I think he's got a decent chance against Sunray Major. If if you think Sunray Major is a cliche time a group horse in a handicap, then I certainly think Aldari is as well. Um, I was impressed with the way he put the field away last time here, away here over, what was it, seven furlongs. I don't think he's going to have any trouble uh, over a mile. He's got a six-pound penalty. I don't think that's going to stop him. I'm amazed he's actually drifted out on Betfair. He's out at 12-1 to at the moment with uh, Indian Jim on board. Um, But I do think he's a reasonable bet. And looking at the sort of each-way terms... There are, I think, um, Bald Fred uh, are going to go in seven places, but I think you can get six in off quite a few firms and five in another. And I think I'd quite like to be, I quite like to be backing him at sort of eight, eight to one with five, eight and nine to one with five or six places each way of pleasure.
1: Yeah, I mean, so Andy's second best bet is Aldari, one point each way. Um, for Bastur's nap table, we're going to go like like John in this the five fa- the five places to be fair to punters, um, as we always are. But I'm going to give Andy the eleven to one that's available with William Hill and Bet Victor at the time of recording. So Andy's on eleven to one Aldari five places, one point each way in the Barrel Moral handicap at four thirty. So good selection, Andy. Um, we're on to you, Quentin, for your second best of Saturday.
0: I'm going to stick to my guns and uh, stick with Trushan. I, I mentioned him for the uh, Longchamp pod, and I'm still keen on him here. He They put him in 11-8 earlier in the week, and he's now out to 15-8. And I felt the initial of your 8 was about the right price. Um, I understand your points about Hamish, but... I kind of think it's a weird thing with Hookham that not not that I've not seen mentioned anywhere else. If you look at the the Hookham race when he um dotted up at Ascot, he kind of stuck to the far rail in the closing furlong and a half. Uh, no one else seemed to do that, and uh, that's that's when he was going further away from the tilt, So it yeah. possibly was a fresh strip of ground. Um, Indian Jim didn't race in the race after that, but then he stuck to that side of the track with um, Aldari when bolting up. Um, so I've just got reservations about the Hamish form. It's, I think the price Hamish is now is kind of a false price because of what Hukum's done. I don't think Hukum was as as impressive as he claims to have been. Yeah. Um, I was happy with Truchan. He's, he's kicked Stradivarius out out of touch in France. It doesn't look a it doesn't look a deep race. Princess Zoe, as you said, needs four and a half miles. Uh, Baron Samedi cheek pieces first time rest much of a muchness, I'd I'd have him in 11 away, I haven't really got reservations about the um, shortish turnaround, two-week turnaround, um, I, I think he'll take a good bit of beating there, to be honest
1: Yeah, because I mean, I mean the argument is as well, uh, that Trushan's quite likely race this season so, the, the 14-day turnaround Alan King was quoted as saying, well I would have liked another week, but he, he's very fresh and well, sir." So. So Quentin, they're seeking the value. Eleven to eight, he's right. He's drifted to fifteen to eight. Now Quentin's saying this is a little bit of value, and um, he's he's thinking this backs up the, uh, the the Cadran win. Fifteen to eight, Trushan uh, for the Long Distance Cup. Is Quentin's selection, a two a point win bet. So good selection there. Uh, Four thirty, Balmoral handicap is where I go for my uh, second best of Saturday. And um, I'm still with Sabuska. Um, yes, yes, I mean, I, he has been back 25s into 14s. Um, I confess I have had a bit of 25s with Tenerife Terry. Um, you know, but but I mean, I, <laughs> that, that's what we have to do these days. Um, but anyway, yes, but but like Andy says. This was a key thing for me because I did the draw analysis through Proform, and you you see the seven runnings of this, and six of the seven runnings are are ten or less. And with what Quentin said about, um, you know, the 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 flattering of Hookham, and Aldari, if you remember, went up the far side when he won at uh, this last meeting. I wonder if the the ground is just fresher. I don't know. I don't know what they've been doing, but but it certainly seemed massively favoured the far rail as well. So I wonder if that's the reason why six of the seven run-ins have gone to low numbers. Obviously, some rare majors. Everyone's saying group. You know, this is this is group three. This is group two. Blah blah blah. It's five to two. Sir Busker's still fourteens. I still feel there's juice in it because if you look at Sir Busker's form um, on the straight course at Ascot, um, it's first fourth third third. Um, it's fourth in a QE2, it won the Hunt Cup last year, it was third to Palace Pier, I mean, what more do you want? she uh, in the saddle, the Peaky Blinder, um, you know, the plastic glass and the whip, um, plastic, plastic glass in the right, the whip in the left, in the final furlong, There's, you know, low draw, hopefully gets turned into it by something. And I still think 14 is a little bit of value. So one point each way for me. So 14 to one in the Balmoral five places is my second choice. We'll come now to our best choices. Might as well stay with me because I like the sound of my own voice and, um, I ain't gone first yet. So anyway, it's a twig offer and it goes in the three fifty-five at market raisin. And we all love spoiling prices of bank connections. And, um, uh, the one I'm going for there is Rafferty. Um, bit of Baker Street there. Um, Laura Morgan, Sean Bowen in the saddle. Uh, it's the first first run for Laura Morgan. Uh, six to one currently. Um, amazing price when you think about it, because when you analyse this horse's career, um, it was trained by Steph Canary, the Aids yard. Um, you know, the yard completely had AIDS for ages. And, and uh, the debut... Was uh, a five to four chance in a bumper, and I can remember Barry Canary telling me this was an absolute machine. Machine, he said. Brian Hughes was booked five to four, wrist uh, disappointed. Um, then went to, uh, a, to trainer, a point to point to trainer, Mr. Barlow, uh, won a point to point by 20 lengths a week, one at Sherry uh but then finished third in a hunter chase behind Dress for Success at Cartmel. And basically, if you come before the home turn, this is nearly level with Dress for Success. That's rate 127. Um, Rafferty comes here for the new trainer, the professional yard in Leicestershire of Laura Morgan, um, off 94. Uh, this looks an absolute shoe in for me. But as we know, it's a three-point win bet. It's a bar, you know. We have to put our heart on our sleeves. The problem is. You know, this is the game. This could go off 16s, unbet, held up, out the back, not sighted. That's that's what, that's what game we play. Then again, it could go off 11 to 8, favourite, and bolt up by 20 wickets. That's the game. So, Rafferty, for me, is my three-point big bet uh, tomorrow as my best bet of the day. So, Quentin, I'll come back to you for your best bet of Saturday.
0: My best bet of Saturday comes in the 1730 at Wolverhampton, and it's for the Brian Mean yard. It's called Bear With. Um, he, he's shown bits and pieces of form on turf, um, but put an improved showing up on the all-weather and is a uh, sole start on the Tapita surface at Wolverhampton. Two starts back, um, it looked okay race uh, for the for the grade. I think is a 0 to 58. And uh, they clocked a really good figure there. The um, form's worked out with the winner going in again. Um, it's no surprise that he's done better on the all-weather. He's by Brazen Boa side It's got a 26, 26 wins for 153 and 1.32 actual over-expected on the surface. Um, significantly worse on turf. Uh, this doesn't look too too deep a race um takes a slight drop back in trip which i, I think will suit uh looks to be a bit of pace on he's strong he travels through his race as well and he's been putting at 11 or two i thought it'd be a more three to one shot um so yeah 11 or two looks uh looks a fair bet that looks an excellent nap with louis Stewart
1: in the saddle as well and brazen birds we know is a tremendous all-weather sire and the fact this has had one run, like Quentin says, second to to me, drama of Marcus Trigonings, that's bolted up again um, off a of marker sixty uh, next time. Great, great analysis, Quentin. Are we saying each way at eleven to two, or are we saying win bet at eleven to two?
0: Well, he's got three entries next week as well, which suggests they're looking at following up, but it'll, it'll be a win bet anyway, so all on the nose, 11 at all.
1: All on the nose, three points win there for Quentin. Great and that, bear with, in the 5.30 at Wolverhampton tomorrow. So hopefully you'll be on that at nice prices. Andy, coming to you for your best bet of Saturday.
2: Going back to a, an old friend this year. <laughs> Probably not an old friend to some people who backed him on the old weather with... Uh, some very dubious rides at the start of the year, uh, but we're going back to the uh, the sprint. I'd rather he was drawn a little bit lower, but uh, Ryan Moore on board, my old friend Rohan, who yeah. has done me numerous good turns this year, um, most notably uh, when he... Uh, uh, when he won at uh, Haydock in May, and then of course won the Wokingham, uh, a, a big pro, you know, a big weight. I mean, he was the first what three-year-old to win that since what 1987. Um, it was a fantastic weight carrying performance. I went back and could only find probably two or three similar weight carrying performances by a three-year-old. He's so had a couple of unplaced runs in the July Cup and the and the Maurice de Geest. Um, but last time out, I mean, he fell out of the stalls over in an Ireland, and then absolutely, well, uh, in the words of uh, Malcolm Tomlinson, lashed home, um, I mean, he must have lost three, or, well, he must have lost five or six lengths coming out of the stalls. I think strongly run six furlongs, soft ground, I'd rather he was drawn a little bit lower But I do think he'll be lashing home again, and he deserves to win a a race like this. I mean, he was unjustly not allowed to run in the Commonwealth Cup because he had his knackers off, um, which is a ridiculous rule. Um, I'm eyeing a little bit of sevens on Betfair now. He's certainly not that with the bookmakers. Um, I think he's a, I say, if I can get four or five places with the books, I think Rohan is an excellent each way. Q Q cliché time again, bet to nothing with those places. I'd go one and a half points each way, but um,
1: I really do hope he wins, Rohan. Good stuff. So Rohan for Andy, that's his best bet on Saturday. Five to one, five places we're giving him. Mm. Uh, Fifth the odds, so money back, one and a half points each way. That's Andy's best bet there in the Champions Sprint at two o'clock. John, last but not least, after your form this week, with Suzuka what what are we saying for your nap on Saturday
3: I'm nipping across the water Uh, I'm backing one of gurr's he hasn't had much luck round here with his horse Rill. he runs in the 3.45 can be slowly away and gives himself a bit of a test um, and navigating the field well he won't need to do that this weekend because they're trying this cutaway thingy aren't they um, and I think this is his best distance. He brings solid ground for a farm to a listed race, and I think, uh, well, at the, at the risk of sounding like a bit of a Dale Winton as regards me betting, I'm I'm very solid each way on this one as well. George will.
1: So what what's this thing about a cutaway?
3: They're having a cutaway at Leopardstown, whereas normally they're just swinging into the street. and anything that really. needs to come right down the field.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for years, Leopardstown's been quite an unfair track, hasn't it? Hmm. So, all right. So, so they're putting this in from, the, from literally the home bend?
3: Yeah, I think this will help this lad out a way a bit because a, a couple of times where he's been slowly away and he's trying to come right down the field, and it, like he's, it, it hasn't flattered his farm, if you know what I mean. Whereas uh, this time Colin, Colin should be able to sit tight. I think we'll thin out a bit anyway, because there's a lot of shit in the race. And uh <laughs> I think I I think he, well, I think I think he's a blob on for a place, you know what I mean? But I, I think he's got an excellent chance of winning it really.
1: Okay, okay. Well, John, um are you going are you going on the dot? You no, going I'm, not,
3: each, I'm going each way. Each
1: way a pleasure. So one point five each way for John.
3: I'm better like a Fanny, I'll, I'll
1: leave. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Dave, Nick Davis, the happy hammer, would not be happy at you. Uh, you know, you know on the nose for Davis. He, he? He'd have a Stanley knife out,
3: wouldn't he? He would, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the, he'd be a Mil- <laughs> you, you'd be a Millwall fan to him yeah, right now. Um, Straight
3: off Davis, I know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So 5 to 1 for John in the 345 at Leopard's Town, each way a pleasure. And we're giving him four pegs at 150 odds. His best bet because that's what most well the, the majority I can see an odds checker a pain uh, for pegs so that that'll do that'll 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 do John nicely uh, for Georgeville with the cutaway interesting info there I didn't know that uh, John had kept his eyes and ears open for that so well done John uh, right they're all our best bets so now let's um, let's look at the Ascot card um, in a little bit more detail folks. Um, we go to the, obviously, long-distance cup. Quentin, very keen on Trushan. Myself and uh, Andy, very very keen on Hamish. Uh, all points taken on board. John,
3: uh, any thoughts for you on this one? Well, Trushan was 11-1 last year on ground that was perfect for him. We're, we're looking at like 15-8-ish this year. I think he'll probably win, but I don't know whether it's value really. I mean my my concern, I've mentioned this to you before, is I think he goes a bit cane for Holly Doyle.
1: Yeah, you you have said that. Yeah, yeah. you, you uh, yeah, you said in the uh the cadran, yeah, on our review, you said James Doyle was the making of that horse because he got it to settle much better than Holly um. ever did.
3: Interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, she's had a terrific season and all the rest of it, but it, these horses can start climbing around a bit with her. And uh, I, I, can't, I can't be backing him with her, honestly. Not
1: that case. Nice. Yeah. What about uh, uh, Chaps, Andy, uh, Quentin? What about Baron Sandy, you know, the, the guy that popped up out of the ground in Live and Let Die, you know? it be a beautiful day, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mr. Bond, I've
3: been
2: impressed. Even let die. If, if like there was one I could see that might run well at a price, it would be Berkshire Rocco. who Loves the track. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh, Hamish is you know where I where I want to be actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know this is going to sound a little, a little sort of left field as well. You know, you're talking about the draw in a two mile race, but um, Stall's won the, the lower draws have held sway in this as well. And True Shan is out in nine and Stradivarius is out in 10. Well, actually, they're in eight and nine because Morando's a non runner. But just might be something, you know, and, and especially with John's point on board that if True Shan sees a bit of
1: daylight, might just get a bit lit up. You know, Quentin, does that. Does that does that bother you in terms of what John said? Like he felt that James Doyle really did get a you know get Trushan to drop the bit a little bit, and where he feels that Holly hasn't. I mean, he's always said that Holly's a midget and and, and, and can't can't settle horses because of that reason. A bit like Michael Roberts back in the day. Does that worry you at all?
0: Uh, it's 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 a nagging down. It's actually something that sprung to mind because uh, Truchan did settle in France and, like, Doyle just switched him off and he was, he was like a lamb whereas you, you kind of see Goodwood and he, he carted Holly down at the start and, and pulled for the first couple of furlongs of the race um, I'm hoping that was just just a bit of freshness and a bit of keenness um, I, I just think he's the class of the race and I've, I've factored that into my pricing of it um, yeah fair, fair so, right.
1: yeah
0: no, good stuff sir 15 to 8 sham.
1: I said he's very strong for Quentin um John's comments regarding James Doyle is that pertinent to you listeners is is that is that what you're taking on board who knows we'll find out tomorrow we go on to the uh, champion sprint and Andy very keen with his nap on Rohan so we we know what Andy thinks here uh, Quentin did you have any sort of outtake on on the on the champion sprint
0: Uh, I was in in Andy's camp with Rohan, to be honest. I'm surprised he got as close as he did um, Mm. over in Ireland last time out. Uh, The the draws are concerned, given how it's panned out. But if they do stay stand side, then that that seems to be where the pace is. I suspect Art Power won't go forward. I think they'll just let Happy Power shoot off. Pace seems higher if they stay there. Uh, Rohan would be the one for me. I'm surprised he's, what is he now, 7-1 on the machine. I thought he would. Probably be favourite on the machine. Uh, whether that changes over time, given his Ascot record, would um, be the one for me in the race. Interestingly,
2: overpriced, which is Vardream. who we ran well there last time out. That that would be the one I'd be looking at. A big price is, you know, each way of pleasure, you know, or as a second shot in the race uh, would be Vardream. I think this one's sort of quite quite fresh and obviously proven over course and distance. I think it's a big, it's very big price on now on Betfair, and, and Art Power the Group One form figures read six four four three five. I'm not convinced about Stall Twenty. I'm not advocating laying six point four six point six shots, but seems a little bit um, I, I'm with the uh, with the gate jockey on. I'm not com- I'm not convinced about that being favourite. Yeah,
1: uh,
2: John. They would be my extra thoughts on the race. Yeah,
1: John, your thoughts here.
3: Um, I think shale is probably a, a wee bit of value as regards you can maybe back him to Lame at sixteens. I think yeah. he'll, he'll be up there travelling okay I think Rohan's walking on farms probably on the numbers is probably the best effort produced by any of these this season but um, I haven't well I'm, we bet on creative force. there isn't Three raw hands in there to bait him. And I think the draw favours me a bit as well. So I'm, I'm happy to stick with me house there.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Um If Quentin's thinking like me, he's looking at Vadream and thinking... Why aren't they thinking of the chip chase next season? Been by Brazenberg out of the down there. (laughs) Quentin's waiting for that very race. When Vadrim turns up in the chip chase, it's like Quentin's there, five points win. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) All in, all in. We're all waiting. We're all waiting for that moment. Um, One from one on the all weather, one on debut, and then they've not bothered since. And it's like bred, it's bred to be 135 on the all weather. Um, Could be the Deja. Uh, 235 Ascot, which is the uh, one, one that no one's tipped in yet, it is the uh, champion fillies and mares. And Snowfall heads the market at um four to five, wrist on. Uh, Andy, are, have you got any views on this? Uh,
2: it's a cup of tea race, and that can't put the kettle on you boys. will be getting the gin and uh, pay. gin, gin and pay, a cup of tea.
1: tea if, yeah, tea. No,
2: no real interest. I've been a bit. Uh, I sort of, I mean, so I have a soft spot for a Sharda, but she's been a bit disappointing this year. But to be honest with you, I think if I was going to do anything, I'd probably be a, a layer of snowfall. Um, if somebody put, you know, just said, she ran an okay race in the arc. But if you look at the rep, some of the form, it's a little bit weak in places. Um, but can any of these beat? Uh, I don't know. Put the count. Go and enjoy a cup of tea, a little bit of a break or watch some of the twig hopping, which will be probably, <laughs> probably when we don't go off on time, even though we've got the stupid times tomorrow, uh, we'll all be overlapping again, won't we? Because no races ever go off on time these days. Don't know why they bother. Yeah. And, you know, stood around at you know, Brighton the other day without picking on a course. I mean, post time came, everyone was just standing around and horses walking around
1: yeah that's a rule I'd bring in that they must start loading at least ninety seconds before they I mean, it was a, it was
2: a miracle yeah it was a miracle the other week that the which only went off about six minutes late didn't it I mean you, you know i'd have been a I'd have been a considerable buyer of minutes there that that would have gone that would have gone off a bit later yeah uh, and as you discussed before, slightly digressing the um you know some of these jockey club racecourses they seem to be the worst offenders of the lot. I mean, the Sandowns, new, sand Newbury, all uh, oh, dreadful, you know, absolutely dreadful. Um, and they, you know, they should be sanctioned. you know, Newmarket the other week should be sanctioned for it. Yeah. I know sometimes you can't avoid it when it, you, you know, horse bolts off the post, but a lot of the time they just, and they make no attempt to make the time up whatsoever. Um, you know, and especially on busy Saturdays, it's you, you know, you can come up with all these daft times you would like, but, Absolutely no point if we're not going to keep to them, what's the point? Might as well just decide you know be like the French, go off when we want to
1: agreed, absolutely right. agreed, and with all you've said um snowfall for me uh again, I'm opposing everything that's wrong within the last sort of two weeks, just just primarily because this is obviously an afterthought um for snowfall. they didn't even know which race they were going to uh, run her in, but they felt lucky because they've they've obviously found a. A very weak contest. It's not a group one race. You know, you'd be lucky to call this probably a group three race in all fairness, but so I'm not going to play on the race, but again, I'd like to put people off taking the odds on this is a filly that's been on the go a while. Um, you know, uh, being back in May now, she's had, she's had six starts an arc two weeks ago. You know, is she going to run a race? She could probably run £5 below her form and still win, but I could, I could leave this one. John?
3: Yeah, I mean, this, this is shit, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> shit, I, tried, I tried to be kind, didn't I? Um, I mean, I, I've i got this favourite on about 112, to be honest. I think she's been grossly overrated. That's not her fault. That's the hype merchants. She won the worst oaks I think I've seen in my lifetime. Um, I think she'll probably bait these because most of them are shit
1: <laughs> Fair comment Brilliant John That's how we like it on this show Straight to the point Quentin, anything to add to that?
0: I couldn't have put it better than John to be honest
1: he's yeah. <laughs> yeah. got a of great, way of, great way of words as John um we'll swiftly move on from the Gin and Pate race to to one of the clashes of the meeting. We've got two clashes coming up that are the most fascinating. The 310 the Queen Elizabeth II Stakes. Um a race steeped in in heritage and history. Palace Pier uh, heads the market at 7 to 4. Baid is obviously the the principal rival at 5 to 2. I'm intrigued now to hear your three thoughts on this. So I'm going to go around all three. Of you. Quentin, I'm going to start with you um, on what you feel for the, for the, uh, for the, uh, quick curating. Q-
0: q- it's fantastic race, isn't it? Um, I'm against the top two in a market. And I've gone with the revenant last year's winner. Um, I just think they're going to play jockeys here. I can see the Tory and Crowley sitting out the back, um, playing jockeys, waiting for one another. And I'm hoping Pellier sits handy enough. Um, I liked his performance at Longchamp. Big closing sectionals. Couldn't close down the real world. Um, ground drying. Grounds a slight concern. Is he is he as good as away from genuine soft ground? But I think it's more than factored into the price. And I ten to one looked fair. I think he's shortened a little bit now. But anything over eight's appealed uh, for me on that. Um, yeah, I, I I wanted to be against the top two there.
1: Interesting, so the Revenant um, Obviously a very, a a class act Um, In his own right You know, literally this horse 10 10 wins from 16 starts A fabulous animal really Um, Like you say um, uh, Won um, uh, This race last year And Quentin believes 10 to 1 Is is very big in terms of the top 2 So, John I'm going to come to your opinion On the QE2
3: I agree with Quentin actually. If uh, if you have to have a bet, which I, I thankfully don't, I think backing the Revenant H. Ware would be the player. Um, Baid's the one with potential. Rosdenar you know, sets a standard. You wouldn't be surprised if Baid surpassed that standard, but the Revenant's right up there in among money we probably get a more conventional rag, you would hope. Um, and not a bad draw either or the was we are assuming the favoured far side.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's where we have to go really. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you could
3: you could see Jim actually coming left hand side of the pack and left show with a lot of ground make up and maybe his wheels spinning a bit. Um which you wouldn't like to see if you lumped on it five to two. As I said, I think the safe play with the revenant but I, I'd don't even think I'll
1: have a bet, to be honest. Definitely for you flimpers, I mean, that's my view. The Revenant could be the place market flimp bet on Betfair. You know, you're hunting for the three and four pegs. Let's have the four pegs and be safe. Olivier Peslier, nurse it home, nurse it home, into the places. <laughs> um, that, could be the, that could be the shrewd play, is my angle on the race. I think it's a fascinating race, and certainly correctly priced amongst the top two. That's how I'd have it with the top two, sort of Palace Pier at that price, seven to four, Baid five to two. I think that's accurate. So I've got no value there, but I agree with, with the chaps there on the revenant. Certainly, I'll be looking in the places on that. Andy, I'll come to you on this. You know,
2: I'm going to make it. I'm going to stand like a, uh, the, uh, the needles got stuck here because I was looking at the revenant of the prices and just, I always call it a bit of price disparity, doesn't it? You look at it and think, yeah, there are you've just you just said Lee. They're the right prices. That I wouldn't have the front two any other way. I think you know if you're making any reasonable tissue, there's no real value there. But you've got to remember the the revenant, is, and he's run well in the last two QE twos. I mean, they have with this quality. But if you look at them, the you know, last year's probably wasn't when he when he won it. Um, and he was what second the year before, wasn't he? To king of change, yeah. who was the first double-digit odds. Winner since Summoner back in 2001 So it generally goes to something Towards the the front end of the market But I do think the Revenant I thought that run last time out Was actually quite good Um Just I mean he got beaten By a very very decent horse He got backed off the boards on the day Um And I just thought the price Was just a you know Just
1: a little bit I just thought he was overpriced Yeah um, the, I agree And the Revenant gave real world a, b- a little bit of start as well. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, it, it, well, it wasn't. It of... was a tasty performance by Real World. What um, mm. was he about?
2: Forty started off about four to one, and it absolutely caned off the boards. Um, and that the, the uh, our friends from across the English Channel have uh, got a a reasonable a reasonable record in this race as well. I think he's, yeah, I think he's just a, a little bit overpriced, as you say. You might be just sniffing around in those. Uh, each way of pleasure markets, um, and just taking a, a little look at him. Uh, I think he's, yeah, I just think he's overpriced, to be honest with you. Nothing against the front two. Fascinating clash between them. They've both got positives. But I do think the Revenant say, I think he's what, two or three spots overpriced?
1: Yeah. I'll be sneaking around like one of them sneaky horrible things in the fair market. You know the or- horrible horrible things like nicking nicking little little increments. You know, like uh, in the place market. So that's summed up. Three fifty. We go to the champion stakes, which is for me. I, I'm, this is the race I'm most excited about, and I do hope Adair can. Can, can run his race and, and we can have a rematch in the King George because I do believe Adear is better than Mishrif I, I do believe this but sadly for me I'm just worried about the ride it got in the arc I thought it was really aggressive and you know I I, a bit, a bit of me left that this was sort of bottomed in the arc a little bit, and I said, I'm, "I'm opposing everything that's run within two weeks, so I can't be a player or a backer in this, and I won't be." Again, I'm sorry, folks, but I'm a gin and pate race. Again, I'll be, I'll, I'll be very pissed by this point. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it's a, it's a fantastic contest, and I just hope Adear brings his A game to make this a contest to remember. John, I'll come to you first on this.
3: Yeah, pretty much share your concerns Lee, regarding Adia. Uh, I think I mentioned to you after the arc it was shared to when North Light ran in the arc and fell and gave him a kick in the belly now like a mile out. And I thought, well, that's not gonna go a lot of good and it, it, it's always the case to take these proven twelve furlong horses to and if if they're, if they're not going to Great Lick early on, they, they invariably kick too early. I mean, they're starting wind it up at the top of that false straight, They don't get on, they empty out. And it has to be a concern, despite the fact that these Appleby horses do seem to be taking the racing incredibly well. I mean, I, I would love to see it win and win well. And prove that it's Derby running King George was like, a step on the way to even greater things, but I can't back him I'll the back of that.
1: Yeah. Um, Quentin, I'll come to you. Um, your do you thoughts? Think,
0: do you think they run out of there tomorrow? It kind of half feels like an afterthought with Buick in the title race and them needing to have something to kind of give him a chance to... If he if was all tied up, then give him a chance to win it. Like, Saeed, is even given him rides and I, I've got a feeling they pull him out in the morning. Um he had a hard he had, yeah, I I've just got that feeling in the back of my head. Hopefully not, so we see a good clash, but he's had a long old season, he's had a, a small setback, he it was a hard race in the arc and I kind of it, it seemed like this wasn't the plan. Um so yeah, it's just a nagging doubt in my head. Is like, for me it's a, a race to watch and, and not betting. Mm. Um I've got no real strong opinion on anything, but he, he's danced every dance this year and uh, does he really need to be here? Probably not, but we'll see. That's I just that's just a, a thought in my head.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So three of us think adair had a hard race in the arc. Andy, what do you think? I think he did, but he did miss his,
2: his prep race, didn't he? So that could have contributed to him at three, but I I do agree. I do think he had a bit of a hard race. Um how often do we see these races which are, and we've just sort of touched on it with the previous race. How often do we see these um, races which are, you know, head to head, shall we call them? And then they end up not being and something sort of nips <laughs> through. And we've just sort of had that situation where we obviously uh, sort of uh, put forward a case for the revident And I just wonder whether here is a case for a couple of bigger prices. Um Mishrif and Adiyar I mean it's you know ding ding round so it was a fantastic race last time out now Adiyar has actually beaten Mishrif the last twice they've met but I think this might be a bridge too far for him but due by honour now I know on pure ratings he's probably about 10 pound below these but he's improving at a rate of knots he's a horse I've followed closely all year um, and I do think he's possibly one who could get in the in the race and the other one who's completely forgotten about. Go back and watch the arc and you look how well Seel away was moving. Um and he but I think he was given a fair bit to doing that. Um and he's got some reasonably good form as well.
3: Um now, I don't think he stared in the arc and I I'm not sure that he did. Yeah no, I, I I thought he was trembling like the winner turning.
2: Yeah, it? I'm not sure he stayed. I mean this is I think this trip will suit him. Um, and he was runner-up, what, to St. Mark's Basilica in the Prida Jockey Club. He's fairly fresh horse, isn't he? Because he didn't run over the summer. The French have got a good record in this uh, in this um, uh, race as well. I just thought he's, a, he's just a little bit overpriced. I mean, whilst I appreciate the claims of Mischief and Adi, and it could be a fantastic race between those two, I just thought Dubai Honour and Seed away were just a little bit overpriced. I mean, you can get... Just over eights on uh due by honor and seal is like sixteens uh on Betfair. And I just think that's a you know, complete overreaction. I- I'd rather back those two. Um, you know, probably a couple of value losers, but I think you can make a fair case for both of them.
1: Do like your shout on seal away, Andy. I think that's a that's a very pertinent point you've made there. And that's what we're here for. To give you give you guys the heads up. You might you might like a horse coming into into the races that we we preview and and if you agree it, it might help you uh, uh, have a bet um anyway on onto on the 430 but i don't think there's much to discuss here in terms of uh, selections john oh this is us uh andy's got aldari um i'm with Sabuska. um not really a lot to see here
0: um quentin nothing to add on this race really nothing i'm yet i'm yet to nail down the races is next on the list of things to do today so an an
1: idiot's race anyway we come on to any other business to finish the show chaps any other business that you're interested in that you could possibly tell punters this weekend john i'll start with you any other business absolutely not not i like that not andy any other business for you? i've got a couple of well three twig hoppers which i'm looking forward to
2: one is strangely in a bumper uh, called Bally Hawkish, who's uh, for Neil King in the last Bumper. And yes. by the way, um, last Bumper winners have got a very, very good record. If you follow them next time out, if you've got any of the uh, the wonderful systems, like I you obviously use Proform as you do, Lee? And again, I would uh you know if you haven't tried it <laughs> without making a yeah an act, uh, this then then i certainly would it's an excellent system if you like your uh you know if you like your stats and numbers and working things out but um if you put in uh, if you put in cross last bumper winners and look where they run next time out they do not do well which is quite strange really because i don't really trust um form anywhere but Ballyhawkish hawkish i really like a stable ladder winner today neil king with the knot is tied absolutely pissed up at uh, around um, Fakenham I expected to see this run around Fakenham as well but nice uh, nice horse one it's only point to point so keep an eye on that one Uh, and one at market raisin um, there's a bit of a nutcase wing dial in the 210 um, decent hurdler uh, now with Neil Mulholland Um, he can do a little bit of a he looks a bit of a lunatic before the race he sometimes gallops off and does all manner of things but has still one he's been off a while um, but I've got the type of horse will be well fresh, and I don't think the handicap has quite got a hold of him. And the 4:35, the Welsh Champion Hurdle, horse called Cormier, uh, runs in those uh, Dan Gilbert cups. Ah, Brian Ellison, yeah. Looky Dan. Looky Dan. He's had a good, uh, he's had a good summer uh, on the on the flat. Won twice at Pontefract in York, um, off 69 and 75. And of course, um, if you just cast your mind back. He was a very, very good second uh, in the uh, in the, what are we you and I would call, well, it still is called the Swinton of attempts Network Swinton handicap hurdle, where where Cormier was second, and the very impressive winner Camprond at Chepstow last weekend. Let's not talk about camera angles there. Still haven't got a reply. <laughs> Yeah, well, Jesus. I mean, how you can do any analysis of that, I don't know. But I did know that Campron, when I did manage to pick him out, did win pretty impressively. He was third. Roland Ward, who I also thought ran well at Chepstow, uh, was, was fourth in that race as well. And you can go back through that race and just look at the, the whole race as a whole. Shanro, who won on the flat in the summer, has run some decent races since he was 11. Celestial Force came out and won over the summer as well. It reads like a good race. And I think Cormier has got a pretty good chance back over the twigs tomorrow in that uh, Welsh champion hurdle off his, uh, his weight having had a decent summer I think Brian has found a nice little opportunity for him there. it won't be easy but uh, certainly Cormier with uh, the very underrated Henry Brook on board uh, strikes me as a decent play off 10 stone 6 and a mark of
1: 133 Fantastic Andy good for you twig hoppers there uh, Quentin anything for you? No, it uh, looks a quite weekend on the flat to be honest. So uh, no, yeah. nothing from me. It does for me also. So I have nothing to add. Um, I hope that's been an informative show. It, it certainly has for me because I've learnt a few off the off these chaps. That's all from us. I think uh, for this week we're back, me and John, on Sunday to rant and chew the fat and uh, criticize everyone really. As many as we can. As many as we can fit in on a Sunday sermon. So join us again on Sunday. and We hope you have a great weekend betting on the Champions forecast. That's all from us. Bye for now.